So we're going to be in Acts 3, and we're going to read all the way through verse... Well, we're going to go 3 and 4, and then we're going to go all the way to uh, verse 31 in chapter 4. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it to you guys, so just sit back, relax, pretend it's story time. Um, because it's kind of one fluid story that I kind of want to... I, I think it, it's important to get the picture, and then we'll kind of go back over it. But I'm going to be reading out of the NLT. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know how much you guys know about translations, but there's two kinds. There's thought for thought and word for word. This is a thought for thought one. It's not like the message where it's like, you know, just making stuff up. But <laughs> I, I, I go through it when I read. And so what I'm going to do with you guys is how I study the Bible. I read through it. And then I'm going to get the King James. I'm going to go through it in that way. And then, you know, go through some word steps and things like that. So that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, verse 3. Now, remember, we just got done with the Holy Spirit, you know, fell on everybody. They're, you know, all speaking these different languages. And then they're like, hey, like, it's 9 in the morning. Are these guys drunk? He's like, they're not drunk. This is what was spoken by the prophets. And so Peter gets up there and he says a sermon. And, yeah, then tons of people got saved, 3,000. And then uh, then they just said, yeah, they, they started worshiping together, you know, and, you know, taking communion, that kind of thing. So the scene is set. <clears throat> and then in verse th- or chapter 3, it says, Peter and John went into the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple... A man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any, have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did this, the man's feet and ankles were instantly strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All of the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was a lame beggar, they had... Seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, What's so surprising about this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought this glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected Holy Righteous One and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus Christ, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before faith in Jesus' name has healed him right before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that you and your leaders did to Jesus 
was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then the times of refreshment will come, when the presence of the Lord, he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah, for he must remain in heaven until the time of the final restoration of all things, and God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to the prophet will be carefully cut off, will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what's happening today. You are the children of the prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to your people Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. While Peter and John were speaking uh, to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. The leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people through Jesus, there's a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the believers who had heard the message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and the teachers of righteous law met in Jerusalem. Annius the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we have done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you that the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were not ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see that men had been healed standing right there among them, there's nothing but the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak again or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but finally let them go because they did not know how to punish them without starting a riot, for everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of the man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they had heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. 
O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time in futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers got together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod, Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined before the hand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear the threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Okay, I'm going to stop there. And then it goes on into kind of what we're going to do next. So, Peter goes again and preaches to these guys like, he just heals this guy, and then just starts seeing this as an opportunity to bring the gospel. And the principle behind that is, when a miracle happens, it creates an open door for the gospel. So, I'm going to say that a few times, but the encouragement is that we will pray for people, for miracles to happen, because it's an, it's an open door to say, look, this is, this is who God is. This is God that healed you. And so that's kind of what they did. And then they did that. And then the, the high priest and all them, they, you know, <clears throat> they didn't like that. But they're like, if we arrest them now, we're, this is going to start a riot. I mean, these people, they like this. Everybody here knows this lame dude. And he's not lame anymore. It's just super cool. And then, yeah, they, they pray for boldness because they're, they're like, man, this is... This is fulfilled prophecy. Look at this. And that's one of the greatest proofs of God is fulfilled prophecy. That's another point. So, uh, yeah, this, there's a lot to look at in this passage, but I want to read it all the way through so you guys can get, we can paint the picture a little bit and then kind of go through it. So let's go back to the beginning of this passage in chapter 3. So, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of the key verses. Now, when we go through these key verses, what I want you guys to do is try to look for where the application is for you. Because there's a lot packed into this. But there's so many great teaching points and so many truths. But that's kind of what I want to do. So, verse 6. Here's the first one. So, chapter 3, verse 6. When Peter says... Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Interesting principle there. A lot of times we get asked by homeless people things like, oh, can I get some money? It probably happens to me more, more often than it used to, but I feel like it's about three times a week now. And... That's not because of Beacon. It's because when I drive down 7th, there's always panhandlers holding the sign. And I'm always driving down 7th Street. So it happens all the time. And all the times we don't know how to respond. And 
sometimes we have money, sometimes we don't. Typically, I tell people, sorry, I got no cash, and I usually don't. But the question to ask when someone is begging is, what do you have for them? So that's what, it's the question in verse 6 is, we need to ask ourselves if people are asking for help and you don't have what you need to meet the actual need, well, what do you have? To, not, to walk away and not help someone is, is not a good idea. It's, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit if He wants us to do that. That's not to guilt us to stop and help every last person that asks. But it does say give to the poor. It does say help those in need. The Good Samaritan passage is there for a reason because, you know what? We drop the ball at times because we're not really thinking about what we have. And this, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. Rise up and walk. Boom. Praise for healing. You know, I feel challenged in this because I definitely am a firm believer in healings. There's a lot of people who think they stopped that all this stuff we're reading in Acts is over, but you're never going to see healing if you don't pray for it. And that's something I want you to remember is like, if you're finding yourself in a rut where you're not really seeing miraculous works or signs and wonders, well, are you praying for them to happen? That's a thing that I think we need to keep in mind because these guys, man, they just got filled with the Spirit. They're just like, yeah, let's just pray for healing. We just saw healing here. Like Jesus healed. Let's go do it. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Verse 12 is another key verse. They say, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? What happens is if you start working in a healing ministry where you're praying for healing and you start seeing miracles, here's the other side of the coin. There's the pass them up thing and not offer them anything and not pray for them thing. But then there's some people that just, oh, there's a guy with crutches. And then they go run and pray for the guy with crutches. And then like, oh, there's a wheelchair. We'll pray for that. Oh, there's a person with a... And they're just on the brow for someone who's hurt so they can run and go heal them. Um, I'm a little uncomfortable with that because they're not relying on the Holy Spirit's guidance and His power. They're kind of thinking that they're the superhero Christian that they can, all right, let's just do that. But, you know, usually it's one or the other. There's people who don't pray for healing and the people that pray for healing all the time. There's a balance to this, and we'll see through the rest of Acts that there's a very good balance of this. And uh, really it comes down to submitting to the Holy Spirit. But... He says, why do you look intently as, as we, uh, by our own power or godliness, made this man walk? Because you can do healings and not be saved. It's an interesting thing to think about. And that's confirmed in the, in the gospel, where they all went out and they were casting demons out and doing healings. And he says, you do this you know, in my name, but... Some of those, like, all will say, I never knew you. So what is that all about? Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's plenty of witch doctors and mystics in India that do healings. So what's the difference? The difference is, when you do a healing, 
It's the gateway to present the gospel. Because that's clearly what happened here. Yeah, this guy got healed. But what happened right afterward? He preached and then two more thousand people got saved. See? And so we need to look at healing as not the miracle, but as the door to open salvation. And I've seen some of the crazy healings that I've seen in my life where non-believers are getting prayed for and getting healed. Almost within minutes, they're ready to get saved. And it's really interesting how that works. Because it's not their faith. They're just like, sure, pray for me, whatever. <laughs> like doubting. Then they get healed. And then the question to ask is, do you want to know God? Because you just had an experience, but do you want to actually know him and follow him now? So I'll give you an example. There's three healing examples, but we'll be here all night if I talk about all of them. <laughs> the first one is there was a DTS where this guy, he was visiting, you know, and you know, his leg was all messed up. And this one guy from Brazil is like, hey, can we pray for your leg? You said it's been messed up for years. He's like, yeah, I guess so. Pray for him. The knee pops. He's like, what just happened? And then they're like, test it out. Go kick the soccer ball. And he starts kicking the soccer ball. He hasn't been able to play soccer in years, years. And he's like, what is going on? And he keeps, he's like kicking it across the field. He's like, I've never been able to kick in like years. And then the Brazilian guy's like, do you want to know Jesus? He's like, yeah. Then in, uh, in Japan, same thing happened with this girl on her back. We just invited her over. And uh, all of her friends are unsaved. She was like 16 years old. So it's really hard to convince the high schoolers of things sometimes. But one of these girls gets this word and they're like, is, some, is there something wrong with your back? She's like, how'd you know that? Because she, the girl asked me, she was from Jamaica. She's like, I feel like I need to say something, but I'm really afraid to. It's like, well, what is it? She's like, I feel like this girl's back. There's something wrong with her. I was like, just ask her. She's like, is there something wrong with your back? And she's like, Yes, how'd you know? And they're like, uh, I was like, tell her how you know. <laughs> and she's like, well, we prayed to God, we talked to God, and he told me that to ask you if you had something wrong with your back. She's like, yes. Like, would you like just to pray that it get healed? Okay. Pray for her back. The back lines up, and she's freaking out. Whoa! And her friends are like, are you kidding? And then her friend had a problem. And then we prayed for her, and this other girl like starts opening up about her depression. And we pray for, you know, life. It, they got, I mean, the girl who got healed got saved after that. See the point? Same thing in this. You gotta ask people if they want prayer. You got it. They can say no, and <laughs> just, okay, move on. If they say no, what, what? okay, it's not. It's no big deal. We don't need to be afraid of people saying no. It's okay to hear no. That's that one point. Okay, so, yeah, the way to work in healing is to have faith in the name of Jesus. Because look, in verse 16, And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Notice how, how he's saying the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. 
It's a song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's it's the faith in his name. Verse 19. Repent, therefore. See? Gets healed. What does he do? Open door. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. I like that. And it's like, And that he may send Jesus Christ whom he preached you for, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. That means he's in heaven, and he's coming back when the restoration of all things is going to happen. There's an, my translation said, you know, he's, you know uh, he's the appointed Messiah, and he will remain in heaven until the appointed time of restoration. That's what that verse is talking about. I mean, he's waiting for us to present the gospel. And he's going to come back. Not everybody's heard. And uh, I like 19 because he says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. It, this is a... He's calling everybody that's witnessed this miracle. He's saying to all of them, Go ahead. Would you like your sins to be blotted out? Did all of them repent? I don't know. But a bunch of them did. But he did call, he called them all out in this area. 23. So this is an interesting verse. It says, And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. So if you're not listening to God, you're going to get destroyed is what he's saying. It's kind of a, a serious passage because this is the warning to those that aren't saved. And the reason I'm mentioning this is evangelism and healing ministry is an amazing thing, but it doesn't come without a warning. And a lot of people are afraid to give a warning of like what happens if you don't. And it's not like you're going to hell. It's if you don't, it's there is a judgment. But you don't. And the choice is right here. You're not. I don't think anybody should ever say you're going to hell. But you can say if you don't change, you're on your way there. You know, I don't. I'm not God. I don't know all those things. But you need to approach people with humility and uh, with the warning. Because right here, this guy gets healed, says repent, you'll be saved. But if you don't, every soul who will not hear that prophet, Jesus, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Eee, bad news. But you see, it was... The open door came through the prayer and the healing ministry. And it was like, they didn't even have cash to give to the guy. They're like, well, get up and walk. Whoa, what is this? It's, it's, uh, I, I, I really like it. If you want to check out that particular prophecy, it's in Deuteronomy 18, uh, 15, 18, and 19. Let's go there. Why not? I think I always like reading the actual prophecy that comes from because he's quoting right here, right? But... Deuteronomy chapter 15 Deuteronomy 18 Oh 18 Deuteronomy 18 verse 15 says The Lord your God will raise you up a prophet like me from your midst from your brethren him you shall hear it's talking about Jesus 
Then we read it again. 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Verse 18. Deuteronomy 18.18 I will rise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Verse 19 And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name I will require it of him. So there's the thing. If you're not listening to what God's saying He's going to remember that. That's the warning. I like, I, 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 I witness to people and I've told them at times like, look, let me tell you the truth right now. God loves you and he wants to be in a relationship with you. And he so desires to help you with your life. But if you won't listen to his words, it's not going to go well. That's totally truthful and totally honest. And it's not as aggressive as you're going to own hell. But, uh, because the gospel is good news, but you have to warn, because what are you being saved from? You got to know what you're being saved from. Like, it's not going to go well with you. So, that's that. Okay, let's go back, flip over to Acts again. Verse 26, this is a key one. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you. And turning away every one of you from your iniquities. He's, he's challenging them. Like, every one of you, please turn from your sin. He's preaching to everyone. I think that's key. You don't just preach to some people. It's literally anybody. There's 7 billion people. Go find one. Alright, chapter 4. Getting into it, uh, some brief little thing about the Sadducees. Um, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's why... Verse 2, it says, You know, the Sadducees came, and being greatly disturbed, they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They, they were disturbed that he was saying Jesus rose from the dead because they, the Sadducees did not believe that people rose from the dead. That was like their, that was their thing. That's why they were called Sadducees. So it was very sad, you see? Uh, sorry, I had a dad joke that one. It's too hard. I just have to. Okay. Uh, verse 9. By what means are people healed? If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? We need to ask, how is this person being healed? And this may seem like a no-brainer thing, but I'm telling you, when you start moving and start healing and you start seeing these things happen you start seeing these positive results arrogance can slip in so quickly and they're always asking this question throughout the book of acts pointing it back to jesus always bringing it back to jesus you know it's like we're helping this guy out but by what means has it been made well and so you know it's a it's a key point that he's trying to convince people of where the power comes from. And the, I'm, the reason I'm saying these are key verses is because they're repeated concepts in this thing that he's trying to say and trying to teach. Uh, verse 12. This is important. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we should be saved. 
You ever hear all roads lead to God? Mm-hmm. Well, there's your verse disproving that concept. In evangelism, all roads don't lead to God. You can't be like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I pray to my candle. I pray to, you know, my crystal hanging out that way and this and that. The more, the more you talk to different people, the more you realize that they all got a road by how they get to heaven. This is it right here. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we would be saved. A key theme of the, this entire thing, if I was going to title this message, it would be called Power in the Name of Jesus. This passage. Because they mention the name of Jesus so often. And if you go back and read it again, which I totally suggest doing, is just make note, repeated words and phrases of the name of Jesus, the anointed, the Messiah, it's like it's all over the place they were emphasizing the name of Jesus that's why we pray in the name of Jesus you know amen (laughs) that's where this stuff comes from the book of Acts that's why Christians are the way they are or not all of them right so um, yeah this is a good one 13 Now they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. (laughs) So, uneducated, yet doing healings and preaching with power. They're like, they were with Jesus, weren't they? Again, it came back to Jesus. This is where you see the Holy Spirit working so strongly is... It constantly points back to Jesus. They were called little Christ because everybody's like, these guys were with Jesus. So they're like little Christ. So they called them Christians. And uh, I think for me, the fact that they're uneducated and bold is so important to realize. Is You don't have to have all the answers. You have to have all the truth. You know, there's all these, well, what is truth and this and that. Uh, Truth is a person, and the person is Jesus. Truth is not an intellectual game that you get to play with people. Well, I don't know what this is. And, well, (laughs) really, if we think about the ethics of blah, 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 blah. How about the guy that created us saved us? How about that truth? Pretty cool. So simple. we got to make it simple, but again, it's pointing back to Jesus. And they realized... That they had been with Jesus. I love that. Okay, verse 19 through 20. Now this one I wrote, do we have the fear of God or fear of man? This is, when I when I do teaching on the fear of God and fear of man, this is one of my key verses that I always, always, always go to. Because they ask, in 19, Peter and John answered and said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So then they had further threatened them. They let them go, finding no no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. So he's like, look, we're, do- we're going to do what God says. They had no fear of man, Peter and John. But these guys... They didn't arrest them because of the people. So the priests had the fear of man. 
Peter and John had the fear of God. And there's your contrast. This verse is a very contrasting verse. And he's like, I like actually how it's worded here. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. They literally did not care. Did not care. Just normal dude. Uneducated guys that were super bold. Like, it's awesome. It's a really inspiring thing to read. You know, because they, Peter uh, and John are setting the pace at which Christians should go. And you'll see through the book of Acts, it just momentum goes and goes and goes. And it's like, it's awesome. Okay, so fear of God versus fear of man. Uh, they feared man, obviously. Verse 26 says, this is the prophecy spoken by David in Psalms. Why do the nations rage, and why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ. So David's talking about people are going to come up against Jesus, even when this great stuff's happening. And I want you guys to turn to Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, as we're going to read it there. I'm going to go over why this verse is important and why the name of Jesus is important. And I want you to think about the power of the name of Jesus and how amazing it actually is. So yeah, Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And this is, so second psalm, alright, so second song, and David wrote it, right? That's what it said in the book of Acts. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Two things I want to mention. In Psalms, this is written in Hebrew, it says, His anointed. In Acts, it says, His Christ. Okay? That's what Christ means, is anointed. It also means Messiah. But if you look up the word in Hebrew, it's, uh, yeah, we, in English we say Messiah, but the, the Hebrew way to say this, right? I'm going to say Jesus Christ in Hebrew. Yeshua Hamashiach. You can kind of hear Messiah in there a little bit, right? So here's a question. Is Yeshua Hamashiach the proper Hebrew name for the title of Jesus Christ? Well, yeah. If you were going to speak Hebrew, that's how you say Jesus Christ. I think that's really cool because we it's cool to get those details because we sing these songs, there's power in the name of Jesus. We're saying there's power in the name of, in Hebrew, what is it? Yeshua. 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 But... I have this huge article. I kind of nerded out for a while about just the name of Jesus. And for a while, I was like, am I saying the right name? Because Jesus Christ, right, is Yesu Christo, is the, like, Greek. And that's where you get Jesus Christ in English, right? And I've traveled a lot, and there's always different variations of the name of Jesus. And 
you know, there's some people who can go way too far and say, oh, you should only call him Yeshua, because that's probably what his mom called him. And you're like, uh, the title, let's get it right, is anointed. It's Christ. Because, yeah, his name was Yeshua. His brothers call him Yeshua from Nazarite, or, you know, the Nazarite. You know. Well, it's, it, it's, to me, it's interesting because I know that you can get caught up in too many of the details and lose the true power and meaning of what it is. Because this passage is, is showing that people are going to rise up against God, Yahweh's anointed. And, yeah, go ahead. I thought the psalm was cool, too, because after the part that you read, it says, God looks down and scoffs at their efforts, and that's mm. basically what the disciples were doing. They had the power of God, and they were, <coughs> in a way, scoffing, like, we're yeah. not going to listen to you. Right. It's pretty... That's where, like, with the power of the name of Jesus comes the authority to to do crazy stuff. Um, but the, let's not get it messed up to where there's people that will do things in Jesus' name because they know there's power in his name, but they don't follow him. Jesus said, you did this in my name, yet I never knew you. Interesting. So it's not just about saying, in Jesus' name, be gone. Uh, where's your heart at? And are you really submitted to that? Because it's, I mean, there's people who will do stuff in Jesus' name, but they teach false doctrine as well. And I can mention a couple. But think about it. A few cults come to mind. Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. How about Jehovah's Witness? There's similar titles, but where's the heart at? The heart is this. What do they know about what Jesus has done for them and who he really is? He is God's anointed, and he's come to do all these great things. But it's, it's not just about the miracles, and it's not just about the name. It's looking behind of the depth of what his name actually means for you and for your life. You have to make it personal. You have to realize that there's no mediator between us and God besides Jesus because he is God. There's no other access. Remember when I said about all roads leading to God? It, it says it very clearly. That's a key, key verse in this passage. Of That's, uh, that's how it happens. That's how you get there. I, I know friends that call Jesus Yeshua, but, you know, Jesus is the English version. There's no... I want to read you this. Um, so the name we use for the Son of God when we come to Him in faith appears... To be unimportant in him, he hears our hearts anyway, regardless of the words of the mouth speaking. There's a quote, Do not be ashamed to use the name Jesus. That's the proper way to say his name in English. Just as Michael is the correct way in English to say the Hebrew name Mikael, or Moses is the correct English way to say Moshe. Pray in Jesus' name, worship in Jesus' name, and witness in Jesus' name. And for those who want to relate to our Messiah's Jewishness, then refer to him by his original name, like, like Yeshua. Remembering that the power of the name is not in the pronunciation, but in the person it refers to, our Lord, Redeemer, and King, God's anointed. So, the name is important. We, there's that other song, like, oh, what a beautiful name it is. It's, like, it's important to get it. 
that's why I did this study one time. It's like, I just wanted to get into the name of Jesus. I didn't want to just sing songs and, you know, not really understand the power. And I know there's power and I've seen the power, but I don't want to take his power for granted and go around running around like I'm a superhero Christian uh, when I'm not God. These guys always pointed it back and that's the, the posture we should take. Okay, last point, verse 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see how they're saying your word and your hand when we're speaking to people we are speaking as ambassadors the words of Jesus and when we put our hand on someone it's God's power it's not look at me and my my flaming hand of healing (laughs) telling you man is people can get it very messed up you guys ever see that movie uh book of Eli how the Bible went into the hands of the wrong guy because he knew it was powerful and so he used it for evil. I mean, that's the power of the Bible is it has been used for evil because it's authoritative. And it's if it's misused and disrespected, it can be used for evil. Even Satan himself quoted scripture to try to manipulate. And that's one of the lies of the enemy is, you know, trying to twist something like like the name of Jesus or the power of God. So, yeah, we need to pray for that boldness to speak the name of Jesus to people, to tell people about who Jesus is um, through the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I like how it says, stretch your hand to heal so that signs and wonders may be done through Jesus. So that's that little urge to, you know, be bold. I think that there's something to say in this. There's power in the name of Jesus. Therefore, go be bold. However that looks for you, just listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Um, But that's to me, if you're to look at the title of what this is all called in this little passage, it's it's the power of the name of Jesus and it's boldness. They both go hand in hand and you are not afraid of what people think. That's, that's the encouragement of this whole passage. This whole story, from miracle to the filling of the Holy Spirit and an earthquake at the end where they got it, and then they're like, man, we want boldness like Peter and John. Boom, the room shook, and then they got filled again, again, with the Holy Spirit. And the, the filling of the Holy Spirit can happen more than once. You'll see throughout Acts as we go through, it says, and they were filled with the Spirit, and then this happened. The Spirit doesn't leave. But when you submit yourself to God, something happens and uh, it renews. It renews you. And I think, uh, you know, if you want to go back, there's a, there's a whole, that's another study, but I'm going to end there. But there's another study where if you're interested, I can show you. But it's uh, how baptism of the Holy Spirit and filling of the Spirit, they actually go hand in hand. They're interchangeable. Like, sometimes they refer it as baptizing in the Holy Spirit, and sometimes they refer to it as being filled. And you'll notice that even in that passage I just read, it says 
that Peter was filled with the Spirit, and then he spoke. So that's why when I talk to you guys, I pray that the Spirit would speak through me, because, like, you want the... You want more of God and less of me when we're doing a Bible study. But, um, yeah, let me just pray, and then we can kind of close there. And if you're interested in uh, any of that other stuff, like, I think it's totally open for discussion. And, by the way, I want to say this, is everything that I've said to you, you know, check it out. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's something anybody that teaches you guys, you should always check them out and see if what they're saying is legit or not.